yo, welcome to another episode of the World Team on the Blogging Boys Network in sponsorship with SB Nation. I am Meg Murray and I am joined as always by Paul Stewart. Hey Paul, how's it going? Absolutely amazing right now. I am absolutely buzzing. We're eight and three and I get to come to Dallas this week. Let's go. We are so excited. Um, so much so that Kelsey had to, Kelsey Charles from a million things, including <laughs> Girls Talking Boys with me and uh, Girls Talk Boys Talk at the Star. She is with us right now to talk about you and the Cowboys. So I let's do that. had to crash said podcast. Megan and I are on the road together doing GTB things, debauchery. And I was like, listen, Paul's going to be on the show. I mean, I know this is your show. And I was like, Paul's on the on the computer screen. Like, I'm joining the end. <laughs> it <laughs> really wasn't like an ask. It was like, I just inserted myself, if we're being totally honest, which should surprise absolutely zero of you humans. So I'm um, glad to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm absolutely buzzing. I just I just can't wait till we actually hang out again in person again and have a couple of beers and whatever and that. So I'm all down for this, man. I'm just I'm just buzzing just to talk football and yeah. Let's go let's go. <laughs> be where you're supposed to be over here in Texas. It's true. Tell us about like your trip. When are you getting in? Like the details. Which games are you going to? All that good stuff. This is honestly my favorite time of the year when Paul comes to visit. Like, <laughs> and I, I hope that you guys understand. Like, when we go and tell Paul's schedule, like this is an open invitation to come hang out with us and like meet up. Like, this is how we met. Like all of us. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so it's like when we say this, like come be one of us. Like let's go. Yeah, and it all started way back in 2014 in London as well. That's where yeah. it all started. It's crazy. It's crazy now. That's what eight years now. I oh. literally, I mean, it's whenever you guys tag me in like the TBTs about how long ago that was, like it blows my mind. It was still one of the most like magical weeks of my entire life. Like I'll never forget it. I know, but hopefully we can actually reunite that that spark again, coming back to London. Hopefully D Dallas, we can do that a uh, hopefully in the years to come. Because, but it's most likely they're going to be playing Mexico as their home game for the international series. That's the most likely outcome. But we yeah. just need to hope we just need to hope they become a, an away team that will come and visit. So, but yeah, yeah uh, so I saw we got a little bit off track there. I do apologize. <laughs> um, so talking about you. When do you yeah. get in on Thursday? Yes. Yes, yeah, so I fly out Thursday at six o'clock in the morning in the UK time. So that's midnight in Dallas. And I arrive in Dallas about 5 p.m. Central time. So you're talking about 15 hours of traveling. Are, are you a plane sleeper? Oh, man, I, 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 I enjoy watching the entertainment, read a book, go for a wee walk in the plane and that. I, <laughs> I, I hardly ever sleep. I'm always like pure looking out the window and stuff like that. So... I I'm can't pretty... sleep either, but mostly because I feel like I'm going to fall out of the sky. <laughs> I actually feel like that's what you're supposed to do, though, like on international flights. It's either like you're supposed to stay up the entire time to like help your biological clock, like, yeah. Aligned, and then you can like you cannot have the jet lag as quickly. I think isn't that the tip? I, I think so. I believe so. But I think it's it's a lot harder when you're coming back the way. Um, especially if you go from the uh, like, say for you're coming from the US to the UK, because the time difference is forward, yeah. it's a lot more difficult to do it. But if you're going backwards yeah. in terms in terms of time, it's a lot more easier to adapt. So for me, coming back home, so I fly back home on the on the fifteenth. I'm gonna be like an absolute zombie when I come back home for that whole weekend. <laughs> yeah, 
when I last went to <clears throat> London, we got there at like eight in the morning. I was sleeping in a hotel lobby by like noon because <laughs> I couldn't get into the room until like 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah, it, it it absolutely drains the living hell out of you. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I fly out on Thursday and and I arrive in Dallas about 5 p.m. Central Time and I am immediately just going to dump my bags at my uh, accommodation, which is just the same place where I stayed last time in Lower Greenville. Um, so, so I'm literally around the corner uh, from like so the, the bars I like going to and stuff like that. And I'm just going to go for it. Just just get <laughs> some get barbecue, Get try and go to your Bucky's, whatever and that, try and get some brisket, some jerky, whatever on that, and just to have a couple of beers and that'll be me sorted. I'll be like back at home, essentially. <laughs> Bucky's is a field trip, but I will drive you. Yeah. I'm coming. Yeah. yeah. Just anything for those wee bun brisket buns they do. Oh, my God. Have you had the beaver nuggets? <clears throat> I have. They're absolutely fantastic. I need to get you like a shirt and everything. <laughs> I've actually still got the wee coffee holder thing, like you know, the big massive coffee mug. I like how he said "we" and his hands are like holding up something. That's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We always like in Scotland, we always tend to use the word "we" to kind of like make it not sound as impactful, but you're trying to make it like it's like, in a cute way. It's like, <laughs> like even though the cup's massive, but you want to use the word "we" because it still looks cute. It's so. so He's a little beaker. We love him. A little beaker. Um, but um, in terms of the games, obviously I'm going to be there for the Colts and I'm going to be there for the Texans game as well. So two games in a row this time. So uh, rather than four games, uh, three games last time? Because uh, last year was the Chiefs, Raiders and Saints last year. That was the three games I attended. Yeah. So that, this year's going to be the two of them. But You're staying I'm, in town this whole time. Sorry? Yeah, you- Dallas for the whole time. So I'm staying uh, in the Lord Greenville area for the week. Then my friends from Houston, they're traveling up for the Texans game. I'm going to stay with them for a couple of days. Then I'm going to be staying with my friend who is up near Plano and stuff like that. So I'll stay with him for the remainder. Then I'll fly back home. Ah, Plano. Plano. My hometown. Yes. <laughs> well, we're pumped for it. It's going to be fun. And like, like we said, like, Come hang out with us. Um, You'll probably find us at Krispies. Uh, very likely. That's oh, yes. A strong, All's favorite place. Strong possibility of where we yeah. will. Yeah, especially with now, now with the World Cup coming on as well. Go yeah. USA. I'm really excited for that to like, I mean, honestly, World Cup is fun all the time. But I feel like people in Europe just have a, a better, I don't know, like there's like an appreciation for the sport and more holistically than Americans and like Americans, they get up, they get excited around like this time of year. Yeah. But like the level of fandom is in my personal opinion, like nowhere near anywhere else in the world when it comes to this. Yeah. So it's just like fun to like, I'm excited. To, <laughs> I'm excited to hang out with you for that too. <laughs> well, I, I, I will say this and four years time when the world cup comes to the U S I hope Scotland qualifies, so therefore I will definitely be there. All guns blazing, kilt, Scotland top, flag, you name it. I'll be belting out flower of Scotland like no man tomorrow. I love it. Um, Paul has a rule for uh, how you have to root for teams um, oh? in the World Cup. You want to tell him? Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is not going to go down with Jamie or any the other UK Cowboys fans that are from <laughs> England. So we have a rule, which is A-B-E. Anyone but England. 
anyone but England. <laughs> so I so I do apologize, guys, but I'm like we're it's not nothing to ill towards the English team. They've got amazing players. It's the media. It's like listening to I Stephen think it's A. Just like us like Dallas versus Houston, but on a bigger scale. Yeah, well, the way it's it's not so much. Like I said, but the English team and that, it's like it feels like when you're listening to the media and how they talk the talk and make them more bigger than what they actually are, it's it just annoys you. So, say for example, just imagine having like say your Stephen A. Smith's pure name dropping every player, not a man, you're just like, oh, just shut up. <laughs> that's that's what it's like over here, especially when you're from Wales, from Ireland and Scotland. You need we need to put up with this crap every time there's a major tournament so we're just like uh, anyone but england anyone i mean megan markle hated it so much that she moved prince harry all the way over to california these are facts which is the land of the paparazzi she was like i can deal with that i can't do well, it well that's a, that's a whole different conversation off air <laughs> i can't actually i can't wait to have that because i am deep in the crown and so like let's go like royal family i'm addicted it's bad he doesn't like them. <laughs> I know. I can tell. It's I mean, <laughs> Princess Diana forever. That's all I have to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so anyone but England, if you guys are looking for something to root for or against. Uh, <laughs> 13 Colony Lead Blown. I, that was so funny. I know. I'm only reading that one part of it. <laughs> I, I feel like the Irish and the Scottish especially are like super savage. And so I'm I, Irish. So like this tracks. I am too, we technically, but I've never been there. Here's the thing, though. I will say this: like, even though, like, like Eng England fans just say, "Ah, uh -uh, but you guys didn't qualify. You guys are really crap." At least we admit that we're crap. We admit <laughs> it, and we take pride in being crap because we are not really academic. We're not the best sports people in the world. Maybe boxing and fighting and stuff like that. But when it comes to um, soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, and it like that's the whole debate on its own. <laughs> but <laughs> at least we admit that we're rubbish, right? <laughs> and, and, and we embrace that. It's like, yes, we are. We are rubbish. Thank <laughs> you for thank you for stating that fact. Now go off you go, sir. <laughs> well, that's why he uh, has a football team instead of a football team, right? And that's the Dallas Cowboys who played. On Thursday, transitions. You're welcome. <laughs> when I get a good one, I get a good one, but I can really fudge them up sometimes. You're good, I like it. I'll just say, Giants fans get wrecked. There we go. <laughs> get wrecked. It was really funny. So, I um, attended the game with my family, and oh, happy Thanksgiving, guys! I, I, I didn't actually say that. Happy post Thanksgiving. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. I had a lot of turkey. I didn't. My my stepmom um, is like, I we went, we did like a custom <laughs> menu and I will say it was good. She's a very good cook, but I was like, I was like, I'm really missing turkey. So what'd you have? We had chicken and like a potato cake and like. Cake? Potato cake? Thank you. <laughs> it was honestly, it was good, but I was like, I didn't have pumpkin pie. I didn't have stuffing. I didn't have mashed potatoes. I didn't have turkey. And I think I'm gonna try to find like the leftover turkeys in the in the oh, yeah. grocery store and like make one tomorrow. Yeah, and convince y'all so like when we're hungover from the game today, <laughs> I'm gonna just throw a turkey in the oven and just we're just gonna eat Thanksgiving and Give Thanksgiving. Me that trip to fan doesn't that My sound great? 
I, my brain is still going in the pendulum thinking about what the hell is potato cake. I know, <laughs> honestly, like it's some real Upper East Side ish, like New York. She's from New York and she's amazing. Like I love uh-huh. her, like, for the record, love, love, love. But like we, it was like an elevated Thanksgiving experience. And I was like, ain't nothing elevated about Thanksgiving. Like, here's the thing you could be I would be so happy with just like a turkey and like some craft mac and cheese and instant mashed potatoes like it doesn't have to be fancy. thank you I love craft mac and cheese everyone loves craft mac and cheese and if you say you don't you're lying to yourself yeah facts they're facts. even better when they're like the shapes or the characters those are elite oh they get more like cheese on the inside around the noodle cheesy I don't know, this may be a wee bit controversial like oh. when it comes to Kraft Mac and Cheese, but so some people, this is what I do sometimes, right? But I put uh, um, tuna fish through Mac and Cheese what? as well. Excuse yeah. Me? Yeah. You put yeah. cheese on your tuna? No, oh. no, like tuna fish through the yeah, Mac and Cheese. It's amazing. In, it's in tr- the actual like che- Mac and Cheese or just like tuna fish on noodles? No, no actually through the Mac and Cheese tuna fish. With the cheese involved. Yeah. I'm going to throw up. Uh, it's, it's, don't, don't knock it till you try it I, I don't like, know <laughs> I like tuna but that that would just I don't know you better you better catch me when I'm heavily inebriated to get me to try that <laughs> it's not too hard well, well, don't, well don't forget <laughs> like well speaking about that I do have uh, some chocolates and Scottish candies to bring over for us so that'll be I'm quite so interesting excited. to see that'll be interesting to see your guys reaction to that and I feel like he's he might be trying a little bit to get out of buying me an entire Tex-Mex feast for uh, losing our bet by bringing. No, no, that, that's no, no, that's still on the cards. I, am... I did, I did I'm... promise, I did, I did promise I would bring gifts. So yeah, um, so there's whiskey involved, there's there's candy involved, and the main gifts that I've got you guys is actually Scotland soccer jerseys. So that's the main I'm... gift. I'm so yeah. excited for that. I am too. We'll be ready for when they qualify uh, in four years. Yeah. There we go. Happy days. Yes. Uh, All right. Sorry, I derailed us. No, you're good. The Thanksgiving football game. That's Honestly, just... talking about Thanksgiving food is like, I could go on for days. I agree. Truly. I 100% agree. All, like, for example, my mother and I had this debate and I won this year. So I love that for me. <laughs> but um, Which is a feat considering Julie. Will... She, yeah, she's my most formidable opponent she is. when it comes to arguing. Correct. Um, but she, she loves to make like fancy cranberry sauce <clears throat> and I love the cranberry, like cranberry from a can. Like, see, that was, that, not, that was mentioned in the broadcast during the game. Yeah. Like, like they mentioned the controversial, I preferred canned cranberry and I'm, I, I didn't know it was such a thing. So I will <clears throat> have some for you. I just need to make sure that I make my opinion very clear here. If you have strong opinions about cranberry you're doing it wrong. Like you are focused on the wrong thing. If you care that much about cranberry, that's my care, personal take. You know what I care about? Having canned cranberry. Anything else? Do You can have your fancy cranberry stuff. I will bring my can and I will be happy. That's fair. <laughs> Give me the gelatin. Give me the, what is jello made of? Like horses hooves or whatever? Oh God, don't tell me that. <laughs> it's very Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where this is going now. <laughs> Well, I'll bring it back for you. So there was <laughs> while you were cooking Thanksgiving, the Cowboys were cooking the Giants. In- there we go. Boom. <laughs> Transition. That was good. Thank you so, so I like, much. I like it. No, um, but genuinely, I was reading the post game notes, and I wanted to um read you guys a couple quick things because I felt like this was kind of fun. Um, so coming out of this game, Dallas is still the only team in the NFL 
this season to not allow a touchdown in the first quarter. They've won the last 11, Ooh. 12 meetings with the Giants. And I I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but like holding a team to less than 20 points and 300 yards, there's like a trend of some sort that the Cowboys have been able to achieve defensively with that. So like, I don't know, like, let's just, I'm that's me inserting my little victories to kick things off. Wait, is that good? I feel like it might be all right. <laughs> might be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you could tell that they had a slow start. I mean, I think that was obvious to absolutely everybody. Yeah. But on offense, though, but I feel like that defense just came out and they were like, ready to ready for business. Like Micah Parsons walked into the game with a briefcase, and I was like, he is ready. I, the moment he walks in with a briefcase, I'm terrified. Yeah. What does he have? The bodies of all the quarterbacks that he's has and will. It's all. It's all them chains. He's not. Yeah. The soul. It's a, it's a safety. It's a safe. It's not a briefcase. It's a safety deposit box. <laughs> Man, yeah, he was he was hungry. That line was hungry. It's fun to watch him, honestly. Like he's oh man, Definitely. he really is like so next level. Like I've I've never met a I've never seen a player like that before. Like I I just feel like coming out of continuously coming out of games like even bad games. Like you look at him and you're like, how can he not be the undisputed defensive player of the year? Like obviously. He just can't like you made some comment to me like and like he literally lines up on the side of yeah. the, he's like Andrew Thomas is over there like I want I want him yeah he literally yeah, like, did after saw, the game I, yeah he was like I heard he was the best so I went over there <laughs> it's like yeah like that is the confidence and determination it's like why would you want to go up against the weak side yeah don't get me wrong like it might be an easier job to get to the quarterback but but Parsons wants to prove to the league to the, everyone that he is the best. Yeah, and we yeah. saw that like what was it two sacks and three total tackles throughout yep. the whole game. So, yep. I mean, the guy is a lion. Just end of it suits his it suits his personality, his attitude towards the game. He's always hungry, man. I'm I'm absolutely buzzing how he's just been so pro efficient for the Cowboys right now. Like even from his rookie season till now, he is without a doubt being. The star-studded player for the past two years in the league. Well, Easily. this is kind of fun because I again like by the numbers. Uh, thanks to Cowboys PR for these post-game recaps because these are great to be able to digest. You know the impact of what has what he has done and what this team has done. Yeah. But with those two sacks, um, that actually gives Micah his sixth multi-sack game of the season. Which here's a name that you talk about like a Cowboys legend. It ties Demarcus Ware, and Demarcus Ware was able to do that in 2011 for the most multi-sack performances in a season by a Cowboys defender. So, you know, and, and like, and he's, he's also not only tying like Cowboys history, but he's tying NFL history with the likes of Reggie white, you know, that yep. gives this team 45 sacks, which that means they're leading the NFL with sacks for the season. Like, it's just like, it's, it's alarming is not the right word. If I were to take alarming and make it a more of a positive connotation is how I would describe the impact that Micah has been able to have. And, and not just, he's just, he's been able to be an immediate leader, which is so refreshing. And it still feels surreal to me to be able to be touting this defensive unit in such a positive light. It's weird to me to be saying this defense is like what keeps our team in the game when we need it. And like, you look at like places like the offensive line, which has been like a state, like a stakeholder for this Cowboys team, like in a positive light for the last couple mm -hmm. of years. And we're having questions about them, which I'm sure we'll touch on later, but like Micah Parsons, man, like how can you not, just be absolutely thrilled with what he's been able to do for this team. 
You just nailed it in the coffin there, Kelsey. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Are you you're like I'm tearing up right now? <laughs> Not yet teared up. I'm just it's it just it's just getting so emotional talking about passes because he's just been an absolute freaking amazing Her baby boy. Is the, is well, the boy? It's really funny. So I was paying attention. I you, I love to watch people what people wear to games. It's one of my favorite things. There was a like no less than 10 people that were wearing like full Penn State outfits. And I was like, so you're Micah Parsons fans. Yeah. yeah. But like they may, they're not might necessarily be Cowboys fans, but yeah. they're Parsons fans. And that's like that's like it's a bit weird in a way, but I say but you appreciate the but, but you see well, we give this example. You see a lot of players following Brady, not so much the Patriots or the Bucks that just follow Brady or follow right. Gronk. So I can see why people will have just a fascination with a certain player and they'll follow him no matter what. So, in a way, in fact, it's not actually that weird. It's, it's just you're starting to see a bit more common now. People just have a particular liking to a player or something like that. But yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I actually want to talk about that, Paul, because of two things. I, we're not, I'm not, I'm going to sidebar because I'm ADHD. <laughs> Speaking of outfits, um, I just want to say this. Megan Murray has been wearing the vintage oh. Looney Tunes cowboy sweatshirt that I purchased a couple years ago, and it remains undefeated whenever she wears it to the That's game. True. So I'm just saying we might need oh. to bring it back. NFL, bring back the Looney Tunes license. It's working for us. Um, but you talk about players that, like, people just follow and gravitate towards. I was talking about this with someone the other day and this Cowboys and Giants game, granted, again, I realize it's on Thanksgiving, but it was like one of the most, it was like the most watched NFL game, like all season or something. Yeah, 45 million viewers worldwide, worldwide. Insanity numbers, right? And I just feel like he, I can't help but credit some of that towards the magic that Micah brings to the table. Like he reminds me, of a Kobe Bryant. He reminds me of a LeBron James. He reminds mm. me of like a Michael Jordan-esque like aura where people show up or at least tune in to watch him play, like to watch like the Mia Hams, to watch the Abby Wombacks, like to watch like these people that are just like special. And like, he's one of those types that yeah. I can't help but feel like people can be fans of him even if they don't like, or dare I even say, like, hate the Cowboys as a team. And here's the weird thing as well, Kelsey. You would normally think when you made that description there, you would think it would be an offensive player who's yeah. making all the big all the big plays. But no, it's like when like the only other player defensively you could ever really say that is probably like say Aaron Donald right now. Like yeah. everyone, Aaron, everyone loves Aaron Donald because the type of player he is. But everyone's now shown a lot more appreciation of what how defensive players, what their craft is knowing the steam, knowing their gap assignment, knowing their coverage. It's like people will just show a lot more appreciation to the defensive side of the ball because it is now becoming really like defenses do win championships with type of league now. So yeah. yeah. And I would even say like the versatility, like he lined up largely on the right defensive side end of the ball, like for this, this past game. And I remember talking to his, his defensive coordinator, Dave and I had him on the show um, right right after we drafted him and he made some comment to us like you y'all don't even realize like what you have in this man like he literally can line up like anywhere he's like line him up over over the middle like line him up he put his hand on the ground like he could he's just and I don't think that anyone going into drafting him 
at least like from like a media standpoint, at least from like a fan standpoint, like I'm sure the scouts had done their due diligence on mm-hmm. it, but there wasn't this like very strong narrative around the breadth of everything that Micah Parsons could do and not just do, but do it incredibly well. I think that was more down to the fact that Parsons took the year out because of the COVID protocols. Yeah. Like that, that can like like see if Parsons see if, if Parsons was to play that year, we probably have not even been having this discussion. It's like who is who is Micah Parsons? He'd probably be like the number one overall, basically. Yeah. But I was over the moon when we drafted him because obviously the whole talk was like we need a cornerback we need like yeah. Patrick Patrick Satan or whatever yeah. that. I was like I was like no man I want a linebacker come on it's like st- stack up the middle it's like yeah, I mean, we-, we had come off like a couple years well more like a year where you know we had Jalen and uh Layton and they were you know gelling really well together oh speaking about Jalen Smith weird what, <laughs> what in the hell was that Sean Michaels elbow drop all about what the hell was that I don't even I, know. I, I swear dude, I thought I was watching the WWE for a second it's so embarrassing like oh but in all fairness though he actually did have a pretty good game besides that weird I don't know tur- top turnbuckle swan dive he tried to do <laughs> Like, what the hell was that? But other than that, like, fair play to me. He actually played pretty well. Like, he kind of, like, made some really crucial tackles and third down and second down within the first half and stuff like that. But, yeah, that, that sorry, I just had to, I had just had to mention I had that. To let it out. That, that brain, absolute brain fart, what happened, whatever the hell that was. He glitched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we saw, uh, not to kind of diss him, but we did see play of that one last year. <laughs> yeah, so. no. It's it's rough. Good for him for being employed. We love that. Exactly. You know, yeah. like congrats. Like I guess there's that. I did feel like though. I felt like. I mean, yeah. We. I was. I was. I feel like the defense, like the defensive line, like at least like the front seven. I felt good about like what they were able to do. But yeah, I want to get your thoughts on like the secondary too, because Meg and I talked about this a little bit, and like I feel like they've. I I don't know. Like there's a couple like narratives floating around where two things it's like the front seven can help you know alleviate and create opportunities for the dbs and i guess when i say front seven i'm assuming making some grand assumptions about the packages that they're in which isn't always the case but y'all know what i'm talking about yeah and, and, and but like with with even you know like a trayvon Diggs too where he had a couple plays that you know he was good but then he had a couple plays that he really lost out big on and i'm curious as to what your assessment is on those guys you know in the back and if you feel like they they carried their weight or if you were like ah it was it was fine like check the box but it wasn't their best game yeah i mean i wasn't really particularly thrilled about how our secondary overall kind of performed because we gave up what 228 yards under 21 targets or 21 receptions i mean Darius Slayton got 63, even though there was only one touchdown from, uh, what's it, I can't even pronounce his first name, uh, James, his, his surname's James, but he went for 16 yards his longest target, six, six targets with 16 yards his longest, but a total of 41 yards and a touchdown. But I'm just kind of, when you kind of break it all down, under 21 receptions, 228 yards, that's roughly about 20 yards per catch at, by average. Um, no, sorry. 
I'm doing my math wrong here. I do apologize, but you get the idea. But yeah. I just I just find this kind of more down to the fact that we're so aggressive, heavy in the front front seven. We're opening up these creases in the secondary sometimes. Like if there's one thing we do a lot is we're very ultra aggressive when it comes to the front four or front three, depending on our defensive front team, whether it's uh, just one defensive tackle or two uh, defensive ends or have Micah Parsons out there on the edge. Like we're, we're very aggressive when it comes to that. And we even saw their backup tight end, um, Kager, whatever his name is. Like he was made some plays out there as well. But overall, but when you look at from the other side, like, we cannot complain how our run defense has played like 90 yards in total. Saquon that is was a massive improvement. Yeah. Two weeks in a row, bear in mind, against the, even against the Vikings where they had the one-two punch combination with Dalvin Cook and Anthony Madison as well. Like, I think we kept them like to what, 110 yards or something like that. I can't remember the, the main statistic, but 90 yards over, overall, and that's with Daniel Jones, a guy who last time absolutely terrorized us, which it's weird to say because he did, Chris, every time he escaped the pocket, he would run up those 15-yard gains and add up to the rushing yards. So for us to keep the whole New York Giants to only 90 yards is a, a win itself. So, And that was one of our biggest concerns running into this game. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, it, I think that was that's such a huge improvement. And just to go back to the secondary, though, yeah, I, I felt so bad for Anthony Brown. You know, he had he's like the story of last year's Thanksgiving game, like getting burnt like that, and then he yeah did it again. And I should, it's like I wonder if it's a little bit like where he's in his head in that regard. It almost kind of feels like a tradition for him. <laughs> Worst tradition ever. We hate it. I know, but... I I mean, it turned out fine this time, but, you know, when you make mistakes like that, you can really, um, you know, set yourself up for failure. So Yeah, yeah. when it comes to when we play against the Eagles on... Is it Christmas Eve we play the Eagles, right? Yeah, yeah. that's one game we cannot afford to make any of those type of mistakes, and that's one game our secondary needs to be on form. um, Yeah, and it's one of... You mentioned this earlier. I mean... It's one of those things where you're really happy to have the schedule that you have leading up to that game. Yeah. Um, where you do, you can focus a little bit more on, you know, the stuff that you need to fix 
it's not to really discount these teams completely because like the Colts aren't the worst team ever, but they should still cause a threat. Like, yeah, um, sure. like I mean, depending on who's starting, if it's say Matt Ryan or whoever and that, but Sam even still, you, yeah, yeah. Um, what was he a tick? Tech, tech, he's a lone horn, wasn't he? Yeah, he was yeah. a lone Yeah, so it doesn't really matter who's starting, but you cannot ever underestimate your opponent, no matter what. Like, like the, there's been a few conversations already down the line. It's like even people are still talking about Jacksonville still could be a trap game for us. Yeah. And I can I can actually I can totally agree because you just may never know what team actually shows up on game day. I there's games where when when you're watching like a red zone or watching the games before the six well when six six o'clock games the, the noon games and central time, um, you're seeing like how's like teams like Jacksonville teams like Indy. It's like how come they look amazing this week but it looks so poor this week? Like even like yeah. take for example take example the Lions right now. Like the past couple of weeks, they looked really fantastic since they since they're lost to against us. Yeah. So it just it just shows you like anything can happen in this league right now. No, that's a hundred percent true. And you know, when you have a game, again, not discounting what they ultimately did, you know, winning. Uh, but when you have a game where you are just getting penalized left and right, um, for very dumb mistakes. Yeah. That kind of stuff when you're in that situation, like in a different situation where you're not really in control of the game, they which they kind of weren't in the first half, but you know, ultimately they got it together. But when you're in that kind of situation, that, that's what loses you a game that you absolutely should win <clears throat> Packers game. Uh, but- oh, yeah, that I, f- I think we can all agree that game was a, a tactical nightmare. Like yeah. really, really, really bad judgment from the coaching side of things. Where, like, well, we've already kind of talked about it in previous shows and stuff like that. But we've managed to kind of overcome that. We had a masterful performance against the Vikings. But I will say though, it, it felt like that first half against the Giants. It felt like Kellen was like slowly creeping back into his cute little playbook again. Then he realized it's like uh, second half. It's like, oh, right, you know what? Nah, I'll I'll go back to. I'll go back to go back to the run game and stuff like that. And finally we got back to the more simplicity side of, play, of running the ball and making the more simple routes. And it was more effective that way. So yeah. I mean, you so you're our O line guy, really. Um, what was yeah. your assessment of what was going down on that line on Thursday? Um overall, I'm actually okay how we did play, but the penalties, once again, it's we need to stop doing it. But if so, Bayadish caused the penalty, Sack Martin, which is a surprise. Yeah. Sack Martin, like the most like less penalty driven type of player in of all the NFL right now is Sack Martin. And uh Tyler Smith had two, but he um gave up quite a few pressures. He gave up seven pressures in that game. And Bayadish gave up three. Connor McGovern. I was surprised by Tyler Smith. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. um, I don't think it was his best game, but there was a couple of blocks out there. He did look really, really good. Like, But Tribodeau, Kevin Tribodeau, did give him a little bit of of trouble out there in that game, I thought. Um, But the biggest surprise for me of all was Connor McGovern. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Especially especially in the pass blocking. 
I thought McGovern was great. He held his own. And not to mention as well, Tony Pollard, a guy that no one actually, like, even though he's not, he's a running back, but running backs have the responsibility when it comes to pass protection as well. They need to uh, divert and slow down like any blitzes to do, do incoming through either the A gap or the B gap. And Pollard made a great read. Like from like his initial read was looking into the A gap, then he noticed there was a blitz coming into the B gap, and he just basically like stuck his shoulder pads down and slowed them down for that like half a second and let Dak throw the ball out. And I think it was out to um Dalton Schultz or maybe Michael Gallup actually. Schultz or CD. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, like so, and uh, obviously we know Zeke's ability like as a running yeah. back and pass protect pass protection he is like a really good cornerstone power back where he can actually help like help within the pass protection if the o-line are struggling as well but in terms of the actual overall o-line i just kind of felt like we just had a lot of brain fart moments and a lot of the penalties was actually more down to on our wide receivers as well like schultz caused the penalty noah brown caused the penalty and i think there was one more um no it was just dalton and noah brown that caused the penalties so um, so there were seven total penalties in total. We gave up 16 pressures, uh, nine hurries with seven QB hits. And and I don't know if this is accurate, and you guys can confirm this as well, but did that get, get sacked in this game? No. Yeah, yeah. I'm just double-checking because, you know, some stats from different sources can be a bit mysterious sometimes. So, yeah, we... But overall, we gave up zero sacks, and that's the most important thing. So there was yeah. times where we did look a little bit sketchy, but overall, we kept the ball moving. We are putting points on the board. And, I mean, just looking at the rushing yards as well, uh, 169 rushing yards. Elliot with 92 with a touchdown. Pollard with 60. Um, Lamb even got some rushing yards. And uh, even Peyton Hendershot, which was quite a surprise. And he got he scored the touchdown. So we jet sweep to Peyton Hendershot for the touchdown. It was beautiful to watch. Then you've got Dak Prescott, 21 for 30, 261 yards with two touchdowns. But the only downside was the interceptions. But that's nothing to do with the O-line. That was just more of a bad read from Dak and the communication with receivers. But again, with the O-line, I can't be too mad. But when you look around the overall perspective of how the season has been, and I'm... Uh, Joe Philbin's biggest uh, critic right now, but he's done a stellar job this year. Like he's he's made me eat so much humble pie this year. I, I'm beginning to gain extra sixty pounds right now because of it. <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know I'm a little bit lumber right now. So not so at good. all. <laughs> Just with you. Um. Yeah. No. That's. I mean. I think that's a apt um assessment of this line like they're just you know they're not the shining star right now but you know they're getting the job done and what really yeah I, I don't and don't forget as well megan girls is like we don't actually have tyrone smith in the uh, on back on the line yet and jason peters has been very fill in like he'll be added in when he's really needed so and we've kept that content and this is the most important word right i would say for the o-line is continuity We've built that relationship with that five starting the O-line right now. And there's no been compared to last year, it was like, oh, we had Connor, uh, Connor Williams in at left guard. Then one week after, it was Connor McGovern. So it was breaking yeah. that relationship, that bond and that. And I think, and I, and I keep mentioning this as well, I think with, with how the O-line during their off-season as well, 
especially Terrence Steele and, and Tyler Bayadish is what and you've interviewed him, I'm pretty sure Kelsey is uh, Duke Manyweather. Yeah. Like like that guy is an absolute genius. Yeah. Absolute like his mind, like where it comes to like blocking steam technique, like all the intangibles for building an offensive lineman in terms of off-season strength and conditioning programming, this guy knows his stuff. And we're seeing that transpire onto especially Terrence Steele, where who is an undrafted free agent. People didn't think he would be a starter. And he's become really a, a, a fundamental part in the right tackle position. And we're seeing the transformation with Tyre Bayadish, where it's like, is he really going to be the center for the future? As, and this is really bold for me to say, I'm going to say, yes, I think Bayadish is here to stay. Yeah. I actually like that you said fundamentals. And I think that's the key thing with Manny Weather because like, you know, this is a guy who he didn't make it himself in the league, right? Like he's undersized and like, he kind of had his own personal like uphill battle on being Mm -hmm. successful in the sport. And because of that, this is exactly, this is a great, like a silver lining, right? Because of the uphill battle that he personally had to face, it forced him to hone in on what he did well and do it to an exceptional level so he could even compete. And I think that that personal battle is what makes him so great as a coach because he looks at guys and listen, like you talk about arm length, you talk about like stature and all these things with O-line and how you that that's like your ideal body type. You can't just build the perfect O-line. Like some guys just get lucky. Like some guys are like Tyron Smith and like they're just freaks. But even Tyron Smith yeah. battles himself and his body when it betrays him. So all exactly. that, say, like I look at like, I look at him anyweather, and I remember having conversations with him about Biotish like two years ago when he was like really kind of having a hard time. And he he wasn't working with Manny Weather yet. And he said, listen, like, yeah, he's got things to work on. But like what I would do with a guy like that is instead of trying to put him into Travis Frederick's shoes, let's look at what he does bring to the table exactly. and let's focus on like what he does well and like find your strengths and do them perfectly. Like be so fundamentally sound that that is your game. And like you find like your sticking points and, and that alleviates some of the pressure off of your shortcomings. Like you may not have the stature, you may not have the arm length, but you don't have to worry about your arm length as much if your hand placement is like so damn on point. Like mm-hmm. it's it's finding ways to like truly optimize your own personal customization, like take on the game. And like, that is what he does so well. It's not a one size fits all. Like sure, there are things that, across the board are words to live by but like it's I think that's what he's been able to do with all of these guys and do it so well with a biotish wish with you know a um uh Terrence Steele yeah Terrence Steele is another great example too like how many times have we been hot and cold on this guy like I remember personally you talk about humble pie saying Mm. I'm I'm done with the Terrence Steele experiment and I always thought he was set up for failure and I think at the beginning he was but now that he's been equipped with like the right people on his team, both yep. inside and outside of the building, like it's pretty incredible to see the progress. So all that to say, like, I just, I totally agree with you. And, you know, I think, I think there are things and I actually, you bring up a good point. I think we should revisit a conversation with Manny Weather to see like what his thoughts are thus far in the season, but they've been able to to make strides and make lemonade out of lemons. If I'm, you know, being honest. Yeah. 
like personally for me, I would even love to meet um, Duke as well because obviously, because I used to kind of like I used to play offensive line myself back here in the UK and stuff like that. So just even just to even get more knowledge, like because there's all cause especially like if you're into football, there's always something new you can learn from every every parts of the globe in terms of like developing your knowledge for the game so and to learn something from like a Duke or even like say your Charles Bentley as an offensive line coach who used to play in uh, for the Saints back in the years he's had he's now kind of well renowned within the NFL of coaching offensive linemen as well so he's even I know we're kind of name dropping here but it's just like these type of coaches is like you just want them on your side to kind of develop yourself as a player and be the best. And like you said there, Kelsey, be the best version of yourself and not to comparison to like, say for example, Zach Martin and whoever Zach Martin's replacement is. We cannot, and it'd be very unfair for us to say as this guy's not, this guy's not the next Zach Martin. This is not, this guy is Mr. Whoever his name is. He's playing his game. We cannot compare the next guy up to the guy we had before. And it, it's a very unfair um, criticism to do that, I think. Yeah. I mean, especially when it is, again, like <laughs> an all like one of the all-time greats. Greats, yeah. The Cowboys, but for this league, like it's not even – it's it's like coming in like any player that comes into the, the NBA, you're like automatically saying, well, compared to Michael Jordan or compared to LeBron James, like or compared to Kobe, you're – you're lacking. It's like, well, no kidding. Like, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, the comparison debates can be very, very hot-headed sometimes. And sometimes you just want to just switch off and just like, no, just let the guy do his job and let him ball it and stop using comparisons. Because the more comparisons you're going to do, the more it's going to be more distorted and it's just going to cause more issues, I think. Yeah. And like, what, what round did we draft him in? Like, it's like, he wasn't even... Hey, he was uh, uh, talking about... By, you're talking about Bayadish? Yeah. A uh, fourth round, I believe. Well, yeah, I was like, so like this team didn't even have the expectations for him, at least grade wise, that they had for a freaking Travis Wright. Like it's like from the get, no yeah. one was making that that you know comparison except for us. <laughs> you know, like it's like yeah. oh, we went to Wisconsin. We're like, well, Wisconsin. Like you gotta be like Travis Frederick. You better be like Travis Fred's. Like that. Uh, that, that that was literally <laughs> everyone in Cowboys Nation's thought processes like that. Wait, did we just draft an R center from Wisconsin? Similar school to Travis Frederick. Hold on, light bulb, boom. This guy's gonna be amazing. Then they realize he's on the finish line. Wait, this is not Travis Frederick 2.0. No, this is Tyler Biadish, not Travis Frederick. Come on. Right, right. <laughs> hundred percent. Okay. So I want to get both of your like game changer of the game, like person. Mm. Or as Kelsey would say, you were saying what your star of the game. Yeah. But I feel like it's, it's Thanksgiving. I thought about it afterwards. I was like, we got to give out like a turducken leg, like a turkey <laughs> leg. Like you, she went full turducken instead of turkey. Yeah. We went turducken because mm. it was like John Madden heavy. Um, turducken. Turducken. <laughs> um, Give I, someone a turducken leg. Okay. So I, st I still have no idea what a turducken is. I still have no idea. Oh my gosh. Okay. So um, turkey, duck, chicken. Yeah. And so they just like they debone. They did a whole thing on it on Fox because that was like the John Madden game. They were honoring him. Um, and they literally like you take a turkey and you debone it and then you stuff it with like a deboned chicken and then you take the chicken and then you stuff that with like a, a duck i think or whatever like so it's like it's like a three bird 
layered medley. Like that's just freaking amazing. Right? Like I don't know what I'm not really um what's the what's the chicken that you stuff with like prosciutto? What is that called again? Oh, I don't know, but yeah. that sounds good. Yeah, whatever. It's it's very gourmet, <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you. We're back to food and I love that food. I honestly like, can you tell that we haven't eaten? We kind of have, but we haven't. Are you yeah, we yeah, yeah, folks, spoken <laughs> to the world's team. It's not just about football, it's food we're talking here. <laughs> I'm over here. I'm like, we haven't eaten, and I just brought us kolaches and a Danish. Oh. Coffee, and I'm like, but it's not enough. Um, okay, so if I have to give my turducken leg of the game, um, you know what? I'm gonna give it to Dalton Schultz. Um, and yes. there's a couple reasons why, mainly because I'm a homer. Um, yeah. and shouts out to Laurel Schultz, who is the queen, queen of, of the world. Yeah, like that woman holds it down, and she deserves everything good in this world. Um, and exactly. by default, her husband is successful. Let's just make sure that we're very oh, clear yeah. order of operations there. Um, but Dalton Schultz had his himself a really nice game. I think that you know he's he's really battled through a lot this season. And I think it was both on the field and off the field, both mentally and physically. And I think that it must be hard to watch like two rookies come in and be this, you know, dumb and dumber, Mary Kate and Ashley, like this duo, right. That everyone's like <laughs> loving and like, Oh, we don't need Dalton Schultz anymore. Like blah, blah, blah. And, and then he comes in and he still holds himself, his head high. He's been such a, a seasoned vet. And I think he's been, it's very obvious to me that he's passed down knowledge to these guys and oh, is yeah. supportive of them. And because of that, they've been able to be successful as well. And so there's one part of why I'm giving him this medal. Second thing is, you know, just to be able to fight through the injuries that he's been fighting through, like we all know mm. this year, and then be able to come and have late season success like he is right now. Not that he hasn't been successful, but like it must be so rewarding to him to be like, See, like I still got it, and every it's, man is coming at the right time as well yes. when we need them most. Yeah. Yes, like every guy on this team at this point in the season is battered and and just bruised, and especially a guy like Dalton, who you know has been fighting injuries, so he must be like tenfold. So warrior mentality on top of it, and then let's just talk about the production. Like he's got two touchdowns in a really important game. This yep. Thanksgiving means so much to this team. I think we all know by now that culture is so important. The mental aspect of this game is so important. It's like being able to go into the stretch, he gifted this team with just the peace of mind that they do have it. They do have the tools. They do have the ability and that they can go into this final season portion of the season stretch and, and know that they have what it takes to make it happen. So Dalton Schultz gets my turducken leg for this week. How about Damn. you? There? Oh, wait. Perfect campaign for him, by the way. Who wants to hire her as a manager? Thank you. Whack-a-mole. Uh, yeah. oh, cherry on top. The whack-a-mole was incredible. That celebration was, was, was genius. Absolute genius. I will give that full marks of appraisal. That was genius. I was going to, because you kind of slightly stole my thunder a little bit, because I was going to give the turkey leg to, to uh, good old Fergie, Jake Ferguson. Oh, but, but, um, not just for his wee dance, like, like when he got bounced <laughs> in the head, um, but I will say this, Michael Gallup. The yeah. Reason why I'm, yeah, the reason I'm saying Michael Gallup, he is playing like a powerful 
wide receiver one. I thought like early in that first game, some of the catches he made, he was getting up on the air, like being very secure with those passes. And he was really the main drive and stuff like that. So, and for him, again, what you're trying to mention as well, Kelsey, like coming back from injury as well, he's been like, he's got that new contract as well. And since Dallas came back, he's really stepped up to the plate and he's playing the what he's doing his job. So I'm going to give Gallup his full credit to Drew. And uh, so I'm just trying to look at the stats. So even though it was like five receptions, only 63 yards under eight targets, even though CD Lamb scored like, like more higher yards and made some incredible catches, but I kind of appreciate the more physical side from Gallup, like taking on the, like pretty much two, two, a uh, two player collisions and stuff like that. And, mean so i'm going with michael gallup on this one but that's let's not like give let's not lessen the impact that like like you just said like you don't always have to pick the player that has the best stat line at coming out of the game that you know has been has made the biggest impact right because it's the guys that take on the burden of like deflecting right like it's like the alvin harper's like you couldn't ignore him so because of him michael Irvin was able to be that much more incrementally successful like that's what Michael Gallup has been able to do. And you talk about physicality too. Like all of that matters. And when you can come in and do your job and do it well, yep. be a force that while you may not be like a Megatron, you know, you may not be a Cooper Cup, like you're still someone that this other de- defensive unit can't ignore. And mm-hmm. that matters. It matters. Like when you are not causing issues, and you're not, you know, a topic of discussion, it still probably means that you're doing your job really well. And like, that's important in the overall success of the team. Absolutely. And it's the same when you kind of mentioned for the likes of Dalton Schultz, pa- passing the butt to the likes of Ferguson and Hendershot as well. It's like, that just opens the doors for the likes of Schultz to be more successful as well. Like, it just really does like, and this is the thing about the, the one thing I do like the most, what Kelly Moore does is, the distribution to other players. Like, yeah. it doesn't make it, like, it's not like the the Raiders with Devante Adams. It's pretty much 65% all passes are targeted for him. No, it's what, like an even spread. It's to keep defenses thinking and stuff like that. I think that's vital to our success going forward for this season. Yeah, right. absolutely. I think that's a good one. I was I was excited for him to, you know, get a little shine this this uh this game. Shimmer! He was very, he was smiley. It was really cute. Superstar. <laughs> Michael Gallup. Have you seen cute. that movie? What, what, what movie is this? Superstar. Guess what? I haven't. No. Nope. I, 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 I don't even know what it is. It's Molly Shannon. If you haven't seen it, please go see it. Okay. I, I'm going to cause an absolute uproar. Who the hell? Who is Molly Shannon? Oh my God. It's fine, Paul. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I'm. We're ha- going to have some serious education when you get your butt over here. We got to learn about Molly. This is unacceptable. I just want to make sure that we're aware of the fact that, like, she's not including me in this education because I'm a lost cause at this point. Oh, I would love to make you watch Superstar. I would no- love nothing more. You and everyone else in the world, like, that's oh, this movie. For I, you to watch. What I'm going to do is put your phone in the refrigerator and not let you touch it. <laughs> oh my God. She's not wrong. It's an aggressive addiction. We, I was trying to watch Practical Magic with her, and she watched some of it when she looked up from her phone. It was great. I was like, ADHD tools of addiction. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I just have to tell you, like, being able to Google things while you're watching a movie or sure. a show is a premium content experience. 
Like she's not wrong for the record, especially when you're watching the crown, the crown's great. Like yeah. I'm like, I'm like Googling the entire time and I'm like pausing, rewinding. Like it's, it's aggressive. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest. I did that when I watched Vikings, you know, the TV yeah. series, like, like I was like, I didn't realize it was all based in real life. Like you're talking about Ragnar or Lothbrok and I'm really into my Nordic mythology and stuff like that. So yeah. just to learn about Bjorn Ironside, I was, I was like, oh damn, these guys were actual savages in real life. So <laughs> Yeah, and I was watching it while I was kind of googling this, like trying to remember all the different kings, like King Harold and stuff. Like, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. What do you think is more terrifying, a Viking or what was um, what's Troy? What are those guys homies called in Troy? Trojan. Trojan. A Trojan or a Viking? Who would you? Viking. Viking. More you savage. No, you're oh. terrified of Vikings more. Yeah, I'd be. I'd be more like they were savages. They were yeah. proper savages. They just did not care. They raided people. They were just killed for gold and whatever. And yeah, that's they're just absolute brutal. Like, Honestly, you're welcome. I really hope that that question makes the byline of this show. It should. It feels like a little ADHD sprinkle of in, infusion that I offer. You're welcome. I, I, I'm very curious to know how RJ is going to title this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be canned cranberry is the best canned cranberry and would you rather vikings or trojans Turducken, oh, oh no the end. I'll, I'll tell you what the title might be it may be the giants get cranberry there we go oh got him well i will quickly give out my turducken leg and that goes to mr ezekiel elliott if i have to be the person that rides for him the rest of the season i'll do it i love that i will do mm -hmm. it yep. everyone all y'all are just mad because he got his bag correct and every time he does one wrong thing one. you bring it up every single time and i'm sick that? of it i'm sick of it we should not remember as well seek had less carries than tony pollard in that game as well i mean here's the thing let them be great together why do we yeah. have to be like you're not tony you're not ezekiel I like them both. Stop making me choose between my children. <laughs> I won't it's do like, it. It's like, why can't we all be part of it? <laughs> yeah. It's listen. Why I, can't we all just get along? I have this. I have this sticky note. And if you guys follow me on social media and you see that I like to post selfies in my mirror, which is a very much on brand thing for me to do. I have lots of sticky notes on my mirrors and around my house. And one of them is there is more than enough to go around. Like, we have this scarcity mindset as human beings that is so not even real. And it's like, guys, like it that like scarcity doesn't have to exist in certain situations unless we make it a thing. And like, we don't have to make it a thing here. Like we have two good running backs. Just two. Look at it. Love it. Live it. Enjoy so it. One, two punch combination. What more can you want? Correct. Yeah. I'm just saying all y'all are mad because he's making a lot of money. Stop and I'm sick mad. And you know what? Like, Go Bucks! Like he's a Buckeye. Oh, uh, I was like, here's the thing. Uh, Not Tampa Bay. <laughs> Look at me, like throwing out this like. I, I, I was, I was like, I what? don't really love the Buckeyes like my family does. So like, I was like, I was like, Kelsey, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Actually, I do. I am gonna say Go Bucks today because it's Michigan, Ohio, or Michigan, Ohio State, and the oh, Ohio that State did... is going Wait, that... to take the victory. Oh, that game Dude. picks off shortly, actually. Yeah, but I don't know what time you're at. You're six. Six, your time. Um, It's uh 15 minutes to five right now. Oh. Yep. Anyways, I hope you all enjoyed this uh, bit of randomness and joy in your day. Um, 
happy to provide. You're welcome for this content. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kelsey, if they are living under a rock and don't know who you are, will you tell them where they can follow you and what you're doing and all the fun stuff? You can follow me um, basically based off of my interactions with Paul and Megan on social media. I'm (laughs) quite positive that you've seen me there, but um, I am on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. I'm also on Instagram at Hey Kelsey Charles. And like Meg said, we have a podcast on Blog Voice Network that airs on Fridays. I'm also on Girls Talk Boys Talk on DallasCowboys.com. Um, and I like to yell into all caps on the Twitterverse on game days and then post a lot about my animals and random musings on Instagram. So come hang out. And Paul, tell everyone where they can follow you. We have a your adventures in America coming up. So people need to Yeah, I'm actually going to be recording a documentary for it, actually. Are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking my GoPro and I'm going to record. Like, So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to like kind of record and try and be more of an educational video for international fans who are trying yeah. to intend to go to like cost of flights, cost of tickets, cost of accommodation, what to expect, like what to do if you're a Cowboys fan coming from overseas type of thing. So I think that'd be quite a useful wee idea. Like it just popped in my yeah. head. I thought, you know what? No one's actually done that yet. So I think I'll try and do that with my wee GoPro and that and get it all edited when I come back home. But yeah, but be sure to, I'll be on um, Twitter at IMP Stew and same on Instagram. Perfect. And as always, I am at Meg Murray with four R's on both of those platforms. Four R's. Four R's. Like Murray. R, 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 R. Yeah, just make sure you think about that every time you go and talk to her on Instagram. <laughs> Truly. Yeah, everyone always asks me like why it's four, and I'm like, three looks like a mistake, four is intentional. So that's why that's- It's a very illogical, logical situation. Exactly. Um, You guys, we loved hanging out with you. You can uh, see catch me and Kelsey on Fridays at Girls Talking Boys. You can listen. We have something for you literally every single day at Blogging the Boys. So like you are really not missing out if you join us. Uh, Also check out bloggingtheboys.com for- all sorts of art educational articles that'll make you look smart to your friends um and we'll catch you next week when me and paul get to record in person later yeah. Yeah, let's go <laughs> <Don't count laughs> <one deal. laughs>